Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the Horsham Church of Christ. For more information, please visit our website at www.horsham.org.au. Happy Father's Day, Dads. You're welcome. Uh, if you have your Bible, uh, get it out. Look, uh, open up to Exodus um, 18 and Matthew 11. We'll get to that in a little while. One thing I forgot to mention about the car and the motorbikes in the foyer is that you, you can touch them. You can sit in them or on them. Um, you cannot take them. I know it's devastating, but obviously some adult supervision would be grand, but feel free to, you know, touch them otherwise. It'd be really annoying, wouldn't it, if we got these machines in and then was like, don't touch. Well, that would be annoying to me, but anyway. All right, so um, who remembers Mother's Day? This year? Like, it was only a few months ago. Yes, yes. We decided to skip the red carpet for the dads. Hope that's all right. Look to make you feel special in other ways. Um, But we did want to honour and celebrate dads. I don't know about you, but one of the things that I've heard sometimes said is that um, being a mum is the hardest and or the most important job in the world. I disagree. Now, some of you have already jumped to conclusion... And think I'm going to say being a dad is the most important, hardest job in the world. Haven't you? Shame on you. (laughs) I'm not going to say that at all. See, I don't think being a mum or a dad is the the hardest job or the most important job in the world. Because I don't think they're jobs. See, a job is something that I try out for, that I might get educated for, that I go to, that I get financially compensated for, that I can most of the time clock in and clock out of at the ends of the day. You don't get to do that being a mum or a dad. Are there any mums or dads that get to clock in, clock out at the end of the day? Maybe some of us mentally are like, I'm, I'm out, like, forget it. I've, I am past it. You know, and, and maybe we do that, we do that. Some, being a parent, it's intense, isn't it? Being a mum or a dad. It's intense at different stages of life. If you have babies and babies don't always settle, if you've got children and children have their own needs and issues and it doesn't, like if you have more than one child, the children aren't the same. You can't take from child one and just cut and paste to child two and think that the same approach will work for both of them. And if you have four, the same approach does not work for any of them, does it? But it's not, a, it's not a job, I don't even know, it's not a title, it's not, I wouldn't say it's a calling, I wouldn't say it's a way of life, it, it's a relationship. And a relationship, you, you don't get paid for it, not financially. You don't get to, in a healthy way, you don't get to check in and check out of it. You don't get to, sorry, I've actually thought before I spoke then. Ideally, you wouldn't leave when it gets too hard. 
But I know that's not ideal, and I know that we can talk about God as the perfect, loving Father and the incredible, and that's, that's true. But as Narelle opened the service this morning, we know that it's not true for every single one of us. And that what Narelle was looking to communicate is something that we've talked about time and time again, is that what we learn, what our, earthly, our idea of our heavenly dad, we get from our earthly dad. So if your earthly dad, right from an early age or at some point in your life, is disconnected, isn't, in, isn't intimate with you, isn't hands-on with you, you apply that to your heavenly dad. And so some of us will grow up through life thinking, why would I want to have a relationship with Father God? The Father that I know, the Father in my life, he was no good, no hope, wasn't around, disconnected, whatever the case might be. But even if you have, you have a great dad or you've had a great dad in your life and you think, oh, my dad's pretty great, so I apply that to my Heavenly Father and think, oh, my Heavenly Father's that great as well, but oh, there's a couple of limitations because, yeah, my dad was great, but he was a bit forgetful. Or my dad was great, but he wasn't super punctual all the time, so he missed some of the things that I was involved in. And so we think, well, yeah, Father God, he's fantastic, but I don't expect him to show up and I really need him to show up, but I love him. But our Heavenly Father far surpasses, no matter what your earthly dad was like, our, our Heavenly Father far surpasses what our earthly dad's like. And for some of us, there's healing that needs to take place in our hearts as we kind of realign ourselves with this truth to go, do you know what? Actually, Father God is better than I think. He's better than I think. So today we wanted to celebrate dads and we wanted to do it in a similar way to the way that we celebrated mums. But we're going to go age descending this time. So if you are age 71 or older, can I ask you to stand? If you're age 71 years and you're a male, females, if you're aged, and whether you, whether you are a biological dad or not, all right, as we go through these ages, all right, church, have a look around at these incredible men. Some of these men have lived through a world war and through the Depression. They've seen more hard times than you've had hot dinners. And through it all, they have remained faithful to God and their families and they have prayed and prayed and fought and won and lost and served and loved some more. Can we honour and celebrate these incredible men? Now stay standing because in true Oprah style, you get a free car. <laughs> Maybe not to the level of Oprah, but our happy little helpers can help hand out. Could you do it quickly? Please, that would be great. Thanks, ladies. Now we wanted to give you this car and I'm going to talk to you a little bit more about this car in a moment. Happy Father's Day to you all. You're allowed to open it now if you really want. You don't have to. As we get down through the ages, I'm sure more and more people will be keen to open it up. I love giving away things. Has everyone got one? Here, Olivia. 
Once you've received a car, if you'd like to sit down, that would be great, and then we just know who's received one. Covered them all? Thank you, men. Thank you. All right, if you are male and aged 51 to 70 years of age, 51 to 70. Wait a minute, that's, that's disrespectful, ladies. I saw that. We'll deal with that in a minute. I'm sorry, Simon. <laughs> 51 to 70. These men might not have been through, I don't know, some of you might have seen, well, seen wars, definitely. Seen some hard times, fighting some battles of their own, even in this season. Can we honour and celebrate and show some love and appreciation to these men? Enjoy your cars, men. Feel free to sit down once you've received a car and then we just know just one more, a couple more. Beautiful. Welcome back, John. Beautiful. All right, if you are, a, what have I done? 51, so uh, 31 to 50. Now. <laughs> 31 to 50. <laughs> 31 to 50. Yes, let's celebrate these incredible men. Thank you, men. Up the back, darling. Thank you so much. Just made it. I don't think I appreciate your laughter. You might have to run it up there. In love, laughing in love. See, it doesn't matter what generation, and we had this conversation a couple of weeks ago, it's really easy to look at people from the outside and to approach people and to relate to people based on what I see and my own perceptions, my own understanding of what I think that they're like, rather than actually looking to deepen the relationship that I have with each and every person in my life, rather than actually asking how Father God sees the person. Father God, how do you see this person? How do you see this man in my life? How do you see this person that I might not have a deep relationship, but what's your truth about the person? Because we can look at the people that might be older than us, the same age as as us, or younger than us, and base our perception of them on our own understandings and experiences. But I don't know about you, but my own understanding experience is quite limited, and really narrow, and sometimes really shallow. But it's when I tune into the Father heart of God that I can then connect with people how He wants me to connect with people that I can honour men for the fathers that they are, for the brothers that they are, even if they're not my father and not my brother. But I know that in the kingdom of God, they are a father, a brother, a son, an uncle, whatever it might be. And so I can love people with the father heart of God rather than being limited by my own understanding. All right, um, if you are aged 19 to 30 years and you're a male, please stand up, 19 to 30 I think the 31 to 50 year olds were more excited about the gift than the 19 to 30s. Can we honour and celebrate these men, 19 to 30 year olds? Enjoy that. Happy Father's Day. 
If you are aged 12 to 18 years old, young boys becoming men, 12 to 18 years old, just a couple. Is there somebody not standing? Are we good? Are we done? If you didn't stand up, God knows. <laughs> I'm sorry. How many do we have left? What's enough? Heaps. All right. If you are a male and you haven't received a car yet, can you stand up? They're all like, yeah! <laughs> now, wait, normally we do fathers, but I want you to listen. We had a conversation in, in our house a couple of weeks ago about Thomas is um, now 11. That's right, yep, got it right. Whether he was a boy or a young man. But every child is an adult in training. And I don't, like, I'm not saying that to be cliche or trite and. Um, like, there's something about valuing every single age. And so we value the children who are going to be completely distracted for the next 20 minutes. <laughs> we value the children not because of what they can do for us, not because of what we can get from them, except we get this extraordinary love and joy and delight because they're excited about getting a gift, but also because of who God has made them to be and all the potential that they have, and all that we can actually sow into them and speak into them and to see the fruit of God in their life. Now, we bought this car quite intentionally. Am I even going to be able to open this? Because as you'll see, when you open it... Thanks, bro. I saw that. As you'll see, I can hear them being blown up already. It does not work until you blow into it. I'll try. Practical demonstrations. Apparently, don't blow it up too far, is the instruction I was given. <laughs> it's not funny, all right? Is it going to work on the carpet? All right. Yeah. You're so easily entertained, aren't you? But see, this car, it does not go until you breathe into it. And this is true. Like, we can think, all right, I'm going to be super general stereotypical, okay? Give me a bit of grace, just for a minute. We can think, oh, females. Females are touchy-feely. Females are emotional. They need, like, lots of love and affirmation and connection and words spoken into them in order just to fuel them and help them to become the pretty little flower that God made them to be. I feel like I'm just digging a really big hole here. <laughs> Please forgive me. But it's true for males as well. Like, I don't care if you're a male or female, you need positive, life-giving, godly messages spoken into you to inform your identity and how you will go in life. If you take a small child and say to them, every time they make a mistake, or even if they don't make a mistake, and you say, 
oh, that was stupid, or you're dumb, or you're an idiot, then you watch as that person, that child becomes a man. And they will grow up believing that that's the case no matter what they do, whether they're a boy or a girl. And as adults, it's super easy for us to actually speak negative words into those that are coming after us. Yet we have an opportunity, no matter our age, to speak into other people words of life and hope and affirmation and encouragement. As Linda shared when we're doing family dedications in Deuteronomy 6, and it says, speak these words to your children. Talk about these laws when you get up, when you lie down, when you go out, when you stay home. Here's Deuteronomy 6. I'll find it very quickly. I want to show the promise that it comes when you, um, when you speak to your children. In the future, when your son asks you, what's the meaning of these stipulations, decrees and laws the Lord our God has commanded you? Tell him, we were slaves of Pharaoh in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. Before our eyes, the Lord sent miraculous signs and wonders, great and terrible, upon Egypt and Pharaoh and his whole household. But he brought us out from there to bring us in and give us the land that he promised on oath to our fathers. The Lord commanded us to obey all these decrees and to fear the Lord our God so that we might always prosper and be kept alive as is the case today. And if we're careful to obey all this law before the Lord our God, as he's commanded us, that will be our righteousness. So here we have the children coming to the fathers and saying, what is the idea of these rules? And I don't know if you've had this conversation, people are like, why is there so many laws and rules to follow? And the, old, the, the idea of all the rules and the laws that God put in place was so that his children could be blessed, so they could live a healthy life connected to him. And the children are only going to know that if the children, if the parents, if the adults in the community speak life and speak positively about what the Lord has done. This is the mission that we have as adults. This is the mission that we have as a community of God, is to speak life into those that are coming after us. In um, in Exodus 18, there's a story about Jethro. Jethro um, was also known um, by another name, Reuel, Reuel um, and he's the father-in-law of Moses. And so Moses has led the Israelites out of captivity in Egypt. And so now they're, um, they're wandering in the, in the wilderness. Um, and, Moses, and Jethro returns with Moses' wife and his two kids because Moses sent them back to their dad, and their granddad when he went to free the um, Israelites from Egypt. And so Jethro comes back, and Jethro watches Moses um, in how he's leading the community. And so uh, here we are, Exodus 18, verse 13. The next day Moses took his seat to serve as judge for the people, and they stood around him from morning till evening. When his father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he said, What is this you're doing for the people? Why do you alone sit as judge while all these people stand around you from morning till evening? And Moses answered him, Because the people come to me to seek God's will. Whenever they have a dispute, it is brought to me, and I decide between the parties and inform them of God's decrees and laws. Moses' father-in-law replied, What you're doing is not good. You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work's too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. Listen now to me and I will give you some advice and may God be with you. You must be the people's representative before God and bring their disputes to him. 
I'll skip a little bit, get down to verse 23. If you do this and God so commands, you'll be able to stand the strain. That's one. And all these people will go home satisfied. Oh, timing's impeccable. If you do this and God so commands, you'll be able to stand the strain and all these people will go home satisfied. So in short, his Jethro, not even Moses' own dad, but his father-in-law, and they've developed the relationship before Moses went back to Egypt to lead the people out of slavery. Here's his father-in-law comes. He sees what Moses is doing. God ordained work to judge the people and make decisions about what's happening in the disputes amongst them. And he says, love what you're doing, don't like the way you're doing it. He says, here, I've got an idea, test this out, ask the Lord, if it's what God d- decide, if it's what God wills, then go for it. Here's a healthier way that you could do it. And all that to say is we actually need people in our lives, we need fathers in our lives who are further along, further advanced, who have lived through more than we've ever dreamed of, to actually come alongside us and say, that's not great. And not only that's not great, but hey, you're doing a great job. Hey, I love the way that you love your family. Hey, how's your relationship with your wife? Hey, how's your finances? We need these people in our lives that are happy to get alongside us and say, I see how you're living your life. Let me help you. Let me support you. Let me encourage you. Does that make sense? It's why God puts fathers and mothers in our lives. It's why God is known to us as our Father, because of what He wills for us and what He has in store for us. Matthew 11, Jesus is having a conversation with His disciples. And it's a verse that most of us would know well. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and you learn from me. For I'm gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I want to, find, I want to get a yoke one day. If, you know, if you've got a yoke, let me know. I'd love it. I'm not going to use it on myself. It's okay. Just don't freak out. But the idea of the yoke was that with two, a pair of oxen, that the yoke often was custom made for these oxen. And the idea was that an older, stronger, more experienced ox would partner up with a younger, weaker, more, less mature ox. And so they could actually work together and the young ox would learn from the older ox. And so they would learn together as they work to plough the land, harvest, whatever it might be. And so Jesus, talking to a farming community, explains it in a way that they would get. He says, you're trying to walk in step with religion and rules and society, that is going to wear you out. That is going to drag you down. Come alongside me. Walk in step with me because my yoke is easy and my burden is light and I will show you how to do life forever. That's a gift from our Father in heaven that he sends his son to show us how to do life with peace and lightness and hope and joy. And so not only do I walk in the yoke with Jesus, but I also am yoked to other people in my life who I get to speak into or who get to speak into my life. So I have, I have Thomas. Come up here, son. He's my boy. 
So it's my job, not my job, it's my privilege to walk alongside this young man and to teach him in the ways that he should go. Now, he's a pocket rocket and he's, in some ways, he's... <laughs> yes? yes? Okay. In some ways, he's quite different to me, but in a lot of ways, he's pretty similar to me. But I, it's my privilege and an honour to actually walk step by step with him. And I'm not coming down to his level. I'm not going to operate at an 11-year-old's level. That would be a disservice to him. I'm operating from someone who's further ahead to actually teach him in the ways that he should go. And so I do that in different ways in different seasons. Now, I'm not, I'm not a home handyman, tradie kind of guy. I can't cut a straight line with a saw. <laughs> you can stop agreeing with me now. But I know that. So I know that I can't teach him like home handyman stuff. What I can teach him is how to love his wife, how to lead a family, how to have a good work, work ethic, how to have a personal relationship with the Lord. So I know the stuff that I'm good at, but I know what I'm not good at and I know what I can teach to him and help him be strong in. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Am I doing all right? Yeah. Okay, thanks. <laughs> this is positive and encouraging. Now, but it's not just enough for me to be a father to my son, all right? And I have daughters and I father them, um, but I also walk in step with other people. Simon, come up here, mate. I knew you'd love this. This is why I didn't give you fair warning. <laughs> hey, bro. Hey, man. How are you? Good. How are you? Well, thanks. Good to see you. Yeah, great. How's the sabbatical? Great. Yeah, give him a welcome. Absolutely. See? I'd kiss you, but that would mess with people. <laughs> Most likely me. Most, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good to see you. So here's, here is my eldest brother, and that's, that's one experience in itself, all it's right? It's good that you recognise it. I do recognise it. Simon will quite happily tell me that he's number one, um, and we enjoy that. But he's also my senior leader. He's my senior pastor, all right? So in a couple of different ways, we've got different levels of relationship, like, it's really blurry between us. We don't say, oh, you know, now we're colleagues, co-workers, and now we're not, and we're brothers. It's pretty much the same the whole time. But whether I connect with him as brother, or leader, pastor, whatever it might be, or a leader in the community, he is older and wiser and more learned than I am. <laughs> yes? I'm not arguing. No, 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 no. It's good that you've recognised I'm not it. sure. Yeah, I feel like this won't go in my favour. I feel like this will come back to bite me. No, but in all honesty, I, I submit to his authority and I look to learn from him. The stuff that Simon does that I don't have a grid for at all, the stuff that he sees, the way that he thinks, the way that he thinks into the future, the way that he has a vision for things, the way that he connects with people, is just like incredible to me. So I lean on him. And then as we walk step in stuff, there's step in step, there's things that Simon can learn from me as well, I hope. Yeah. <laughs> Good. But we walk step in step. And both of us are walking step in step with Jesus. All right? So as we go together, we're equally yoked to Jesus, but then we're equally yoked with each other, that we can actually support and encourage one another in our relationship, in our lives, in, in any aspect of life. Yeah? Thank you, brother. No, Appreciate you. it. Yeah. yeah, good. 
All right, so now while I'm surprised, there's one more. All right, Dennis, come up here, man. Yeah. <laughs> All right, now I, I have not always been really good at this. I have not always been good at submitting to authority in my life. I've kept stuff hidden. I'd think it was just easier for me to go it alone and to pretend that everything was all right. That is a lie from the pit of hell, all right? If you think that it's easier just to go it alone, that's dumb. That's a spirit of stupid right there. It won't work for you. So what I do now, I'm really intentional about seeking older, wiser, stronger, more mature people in my lives to get alongside who have permission to ask me anything and to say anything into my life. So Simon has that and we have that relationship, but I also have that relationship with Dennis. I don't know if you know Dennis. Dennis has been coming here for nearly a year. Two years. No, there you go. Sorry. Two years. Still developing the relationship. But I come alongside Dennis to learn from Dennis. I don't know if there's much that Dennis can learn from me, but we'll find out. But, hey? Stacks. Stacks. Mm. Oh, thanks, man. Just say it a bit louder so people <laughs> can hear. <laughs> but I yoke myself to Dennis because I want to submit to his authority in my life and his relationship with Jesus, so that as he connects to the Father heart of God and then speaks that into my life, I'm all the better for it. And I learn from him, and I submit to him, and the questions that he asks me, and the things that he's learned in his life, that he can then impart to me about a relationship with God, relationship with family, leading a home well, running a business, work ethic, whatever it might be. And so I do that in relationship with Dennis. Does that make sense? Yeah. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you coming up. Yeah. <laughs> Love you, man. But this is actually what we're meant to do. And I, I don't know that we've actually ever, maybe we don't give it language, maybe we've not actually thought about it and articulate it to that extent to go, oh, whose life am I speaking into? Who am I giving permission to speak into my life? Male or female, it doesn't matter. And I've used males today. There's females whose lives I speak into and females who speak into my life, but I really wanted to concentrate on the father figures in my life and who I'm being a father to. And I've had to come to terms with that. Not only do I need fathers in my life, and if my dad was here, I'd acknowledge him as well for all the ways that he's spoken into my life. But our words are powerful, like we've said time and time again. And we need to speak them into people's lives and we need them spoken into my life and I want to encourage every single one of us whether you are a biological mum or a biological dad or spiritual mum or a spiritual dad or a son or a daughter that we need these people and you might say oh well I've got a relationship with Jesus that's enough yeah no it's not actually like God saw Adam and Eve in the garden saw Adam in the garden and said it's not good for man to be alone and Adam and the Lord had been hanging out and God says it's not good for him to just have me. So if God and his first man says it's not good for him to just have me, how much more is that true for you and I who don't have the Lord walking in the, in the cool of the evening with us? So much more. Do we need community? Do we need family? Do we need friends who are connected to Jesus, walking in step with Jesus so that we can actually live our life to the full, and not to the worldly sense of the full, but to the godly sense of the full. Every single one of us is made in the image of God. 
Whether you know it or not, whether you like it or not, you are made in the image of God. With buckets of potential. Incredible impact to be had on this world. As long as we are in step with Jesus, learning from Him, being guided by Him, and in step with others who call Jesus Lord. So fathers, today, whether you're a father, a son, or whether you know a father in your life, thank you for all that you do. Sometimes it is thankless being a father or a mother in people's lives and it feels like hard yakka. But maybe as a community, if we can grow in our recognition of the people around us and the way that they speak into lives, the way they support and encourage us, and we can look for that support and encouragement, we can be that support and encouragement, and it can be just one more way that we get to reveal God's kingdom here on earth. Amen? All right, let's stand together. So, Father, we're asking for a fresh revelation of your heart in our lives today. A fresh sense of who you are and what you're like. That we would know you face to face. That we would see you and that we would represent you well. And God, as we open the service with a prayer, a cry for, to know you as the perfect loving Father, And so we do so again. That we would see you for who you truly are and that we would, um, that you would break off our eyes, break off our hearts, any sense of a false idea, the false senses of what you're like, who you are. God, would you show us who you are and what you're like? And God, also, would you show us who the people in our lives are as you see them? Would we live by the truth that you proclaim? by who you've made people to be rather than being limited by our own perspective. Jesus, may we walk in step with you. May we learn from you. For your yoke is easy and your burden is light.